Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fitness Candor Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Feigl. And today, I am joined with registered dietitian, dietitian that Kristen DeAngelis. DeAngelis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> so, um, I got a lot of questions about nutrition, obviously, as a personal trainer, and I can only go so far. So, uh, Mission 5, which is the studio I train out of, we decided to uh, get someone with the specialty so we can just point our clients in the right direction uh, for two reasons. Number one, it takes pressure off of us, which is always nice. And number two, um, it, it really gives more of a focus on their nutrition so we can focus on strictly training. So it's a really good way to to uh, get a different mind behind things and, and uh, you know, kind of branch out the focuses where they need to be. So, Kristen, thanks for joining us today. I know you're you're traveling, so that's exciting, and uh, I know our guests appreciate it, appreciate it also. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to be here, so thanks for having me on the show, Eric. Absolutely. So, give us a little bit of your, your background and, and, more specifically, why you chose to go into uh, dietetics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I am a nutritionist, for some of you who don't know what the word dietitian means. Um, as, a, as a nutritionist, I am trained as a registered dietitian. So, um, the training that is required to be a, become a registered dietitian is pretty extensive, so I think it's really helpful to kind of break down what that means, because a dietitian is actually a little different than a nutritionist, um, because if you, if, you know, anyone can kind of call themselves a nutritionist, but as a dietitian, um, I did go through five years of undergraduate training at Virginia Tech, and then that allows you the requirements to go through an internship. I, um, I, I kind of uh, relate it to like a residency program as what a doctor would go through, so it's a nine-month to two year, up to two years uh, program, and they have those these internships throughout the throughout the country. So I did mine in Chicago um, back in 2013. So I did my internship uh, Ingalls Memorial Hospital. So in order to become a dietitian, you need to go through this internship where there's over 1,200 clinical hours. Um, so we're we're learning to practice the field of dietetics clinically in the hospital. Um, but also in a couple other areas. So um, that might be, you know, community work. Um, that might be, you know, a dietitian also doing you know, food service meal management in a cafeteria or building a menu or meal plan. Um, so there's really a lot of different areas where you might start noticing dietitians are starting to um, to work. You might see them a little bit more you know, that, that that credential registered dietitian. So I did my internship in Chicago, and then out of that, I uh, I did one year with kind of a non-traditional uh, job, and I was a personal nutritionist for Joe Cross, who is the uh, director producer um, of Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, which is a documentary on Netflix. So if you're listening to this and haven't heard of it, it's actually – a really great documentary. He has a couple more out, um, a sequel, a, a third one, and they're just really great nuggets of information um, on how you can make simple changes to your to your you know lifestyle by including more fruits and vegetables. So I was this personal nutritionist and traveled around for about a year internationally um, as an executive assistant and personal nutritionist and 
Um, I did some personal training with him too. So I'm also a personal trainer and yoga instructor. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then I said, you know, this is, it's, it's a really, really high. You have to have kind of always be on your game 24 seven. So I just said, you know what, I, I really want to work more, um, in depth with people, um, rather than just one person every day. So, um, love Joe. He is an incredible person, but, um, I ended that and my boyfriend at the time got a job here in Cincinnati. So since then I just moved to Cincinnati and I'm doing private practice. So taking clients, uh, here at Mission 5, um, but then also doing some outpatient work, leading some weight loss management classes and things like that in the, in the area. So long story, but, uh, <laughs> condensed. Condensed down um, a dietitian uh, practicing here now um, to help really people find their most, you know, their healthiest self, their most optimal health and well-being. So kind of a lot of different things encompassed into one. Well, I think you brought up some good points, though, the difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist. So mm -hmm. uh, that's a good uh, point of interest for people to take away. What made you want to get into this field exactly did you have some kind of was there an issue that you saw or maybe something that you were dealing with that made you want to go into that direction yeah you know eric it was really interesting so um i don't have have you been in cincinnati your whole life or have you moved anywhere else no i'm i've only been here for seven years so i'm a transplant okay. like you okay okay so yeah so so I grew up in Boston, South Shore, Massachusetts, um, surrounded with a lot of like fresh seafood. Um, my my family grew up. We we always used to just you know eat. There would always be a salad or vegetable. Um, eat pretty healthy. Um, but when I went to school in Virginia, I realized there's a lot of people from all over the country that really aren't exposed to all these wonderful foods that I grew up with. You know, and, and in conjunction with a lot of other things too. Um, I was always very, very much into staying physically active and, you know, always wanted to try and say, like, well, how can I make myself better? Like, what do I have control over? Um, I'm somewhat a little bit of a control freak in some other areas, but it's kind of fun to see um, how we can use food to really approach, um, you know, for optimal performance as fitness or as an athlete. Um, but even just you know, utilizing food on a daily basis to be able to um, think a little bit more clearly or sleep a little bit better. You know, you go to a family outing and everyone's always talking about what's on the food, what's on the table, what's on the menu. So I just liked it from the more practical sense. I can apply it anywhere I go. And um, especially, you know, specified in this field of, you know, applying it with fitness and nutrition. It just goes hand in hand. Yeah, they do, and that's a really good point, too. That kind of brings up my next uh, point of interest. Um, going along with, with fitness, what are some of the do's and don'ts with nutrition when it comes to working out? Uh, more specifically, is there something that you would recommend people eat before they work out, after they work out, maybe even during workouts? I know the during workout uh, portion of it, can, you know, those are for mainly for, for athletes, but – uh, for the general public, what do you recommend pre and post workout? Yeah, awesome question, and um, I'm sure that you have some experience in this too, because we get asked this all the time. Um, so pre workout, 
you have to think that you're fueling for something that you're about to, you know, exert a lot of energy. And so that's really what food is. It's just energy, right? Um, so we have like our three, I call them our three like main stars of the show that everyone knows about, our protein, our carbohydrates, and our healthy fats. So whenever I'm talking about, you know, how to meal plan or what a pre- or post-workout meal would be, I'm usually going to be talking about some of those main stars, the, the stars of the show, protein, carbs, and fat. Um, but there's all these really important other, you know, people that help support those stars of the show, and those are called our um, phytonutrients, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals. Um, so along with, while I'm talking to you, Eric, just about, you know, the, the the do's and don'ts about kind of meal planning, I really emphasize the importance of including kind of all of those, the protein, carbs, and fat, but also how can we incorporate some of these, um, you know, micronutrients, a lot of boosted antioxidants into, into some of these um, meals or snacks that we're going to have before or after a workout because there's a lot of research that's showing, you know, pomegranates or beets or blueberries that contain really potent amounts of antioxidants that can help with, for example, like post-workout muscle soreness, um, kind, kind of helping reduce that. Um, the, the antioxidants, these different nutrients in beets, I was just reading a study on this the other day, um, extensive research on the powerful effects of beet juice helping cyclists go harder and faster for longer. So it's pretty incredible to kind of talk about some of those, you know, that's that's where I get I start to get really excited pulling the science into, you know, practical nutrition planning, especially for athletes. Um, but, yeah, so for to just answer your question, sorry, sometimes I kind of go, go off um, <laughs> on okay. tangents there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so for pre, pre-workout, you think you want to be um, – uh, supplying enough energy stores so that you can get through your workout, um, you know, have enough fuel to get you through. Um, so a little bit higher carbohydrate and some protein. Some people will add a healthy fat. It really kind of depends. Um, other people say avoid fats, um, but I think in, in fats would be something like, you know, peanut butter or avocado. It, it just kind of depends how people digest. Um, their food, so you'll okay. you'll understand what works best for your body. You think, I mean, obviously we're not talking about you know a burger and fries, the the unhealthy fats, definitely not, no go. Um, but whenever we're we're planning, we want to have some sort of protein, but a little bit higher carbohydrate. So that might be you know um, a piece of toast with peanut butter and and some banana sliced on top, or it might be um, if you're before you're in the morning, um, it might be like a smaller cup of of oats, um, my new thing I've been doing is overnight oats with like berries, but having some kind of pro- maybe an added protein, maybe you know some egg whites mixed in with the oats or something like that. Um, so yeah, pre-workout definitely like at least an hour before you're going to work out, but nothing too much, you know, nothing uh, too too heavy or you know, that would make you feel like lethargic, but enough fuel to get, to get you through. Um, sure. And then and then post-workout. Um, you'll be want to you'll you, you'll want to do similar carb but a little bit higher protein, and the purpose of that protein is helping replenish what was um, 
what was kind of like loss. Um, we're helping to support muscle growth and repair. We're increasing uh, protein synthesis. So you'll want to have either, and it, and it depends when you have your workout, right? Is it going to be a snack or is it going to be a meal? It depends when you're scheduling that into your day. So within 30 to 60 minutes after exercise. Right. And that's, and I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, post-workout, you're talking about the, the protein. The carbohydrates come into play because you're, depending on the type of workout also, um, you know, some people, if you're going through maybe a little slower of a workout, maybe it's not quite as intense, then is it true that you you possibly want to um, incorporate certain types of carbohydrates because you're depleting glycogen stores, right? I mean, that's essentially the refueling mm-hmm. of, of, of glycogen stores. So what what's that look like in terms of, of uh, your post-workout, how much, how many, do you have like a, a general guideline to follow in terms of like grams of carbohydrates, grams of protein? Yeah, yeah. So I usually suggest um, about 20 grams of protein post-workout and pairing that with a complex carbohydrate, so something like sweet potatoes or squash, um, but even like chickpeas or hummus that has, that has some um, fiber going along with the, those complex carbohydrates. But always doing that pairing and making sure you're getting a little bit higher protein. So, yeah, tw- I usually suggest at least 20 grams of protein. And uh, eggs are definitely a, a, a really easy avenue. You know, one egg has about 7 grams of protein. Um, so you could do like, you know, a little egg scramble or, um, something like that. Um, Greek yogurt is another good one too. Um, the Greek yogurt specifically has higher protein. So, you know, in about a cup, you could hit that 20 grams, no problem. Oh yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That good tip on the eggs too. And those are so quick and easy. I mean, there's, you know, those, those are, it's almost like the perfect post-workout, uh, protein. If you think about it, you know, you you know, so I have to scramble, and if a person likes eggs and hard boils, throw them in your a bag mm-hmm. and go take them with you. You know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you brought up something um, interesting there because I it just kind of jogged my memory of something I wanted to ask you. When you're looking at uh, nutrition, especially post workout, mm-hmm. I think everybody goes right towards. We've been fed this, you know, kind of supplements or, or the way to go kind of mentality and. And we sell protein at the gym also, but we tell people, you know, if you're in a pinch, this is a good thing to use. When mm-hmm. do supplements fall in your category, specifically protein? Because I'm, I've always been an advocate of if you have the opportunity to eat real food, do that mm-hmm. first. But if you're like, yeah. if you hit a workout in the afternoon and you're going right back to the gym and it won't be, it'll be a couple hours before your next meal, that's when you need to supplement with a protein powder or something like that. So what were yeah. your, uh, yeah. your take on, on supplements? Yeah, no, no, great, great. I'm really glad you brought this up. Um, and that's always my approach, right? Food first. So you, you hit it on the nail there. Um, food first is always the best way to go. And the reason why is that there's a synergistic effect, meaning that food works in a way that the vitamins, the minerals, and what you're going to receive in the food form is going to produce a, a greater, more more positive, that result that you want. So they've done, you know, I was just reading a research study that was comparing um, fiber supplements compared to eating, you know, um, a fiber-rich food, fiber-rich food, so like whole grains, um, fruits, vegetables. And they found that those that were eating the, the whole food fiber form um, compared to the functional form, 
it, it produced a much a much different result. Um, so for supplements, like you said, um, there is a place for everyone. Um, so food absolutely can come first. But if it's not, if, you know, you're in a pinch and you need to grab a, a shake or something like that, then absolutely. I'd rather see you getting that nutrition in rather than skipping a meal um, and right, having, you know, right. blood, blood sugar drop really low. Because it's, at the end of the day, it is about um, blood sugar regulation. So if a protein shake is going to be I, – I really recommend it for people who are um, working and just tend to, you know, skip a meal or go like six, seven hours without eating. I say, you know what, just keep some protein powder in your desk, and all you have to do is honestly you can just mix it up with water and ice. If you have like an almond milk or something like that at your work, you can do that. But it's definitely something that um, has its place. And so that's where, you know, meeting one-on-one, I usually, you know, make some recommendations. When in your plan you'd want to have that, you know, what what would be the best supplement for you. And that's that's in respect to the, the protein shakes and just a, um, you know, a warning and, I've already checked out the one that we saw at the gym, which is great. But, you know, you go to these these gyms and stores and, like, man, a majority of the time, the, the people who saw it don't really know what they're talking about. And right. the, FDA, the FDA doesn't regulate this. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, Eric, um, there's PBS Frontline has a special on su- the supplement industry. It's just really, like, eye-opening. So if anyone's listening and are, are interested in, like, well, I want to know more, but I don't know where to turn about the supplements, um, that's a good, you know, just a, it's a, it's a special that PBS did. I, I, I thought it was really good, really well done. Um, oh. but yeah, I mean the, the supplements and then also like not just in regards to the protein shakes, like if you're doing, um, you know, someone has joint pain or something like that and you want to try curcumin or turmeric supplement, like there's a play, a time and place for some food form supplements that can potentially help you, and that's where that's going more into, like, a customized, you know, plan and, and, and when what would be the right person that would fit that supplement. So, yeah, supplements can kind of go quite in-depth and in detail, but um, in regarding protein shakes, it can be, you know, a good, a good way to just kind of make sure that you are maintaining, you know, steady blood sugars. I'm glad you brought that up because it, you know, the, the supplements should be just as personalized as the nutrition and the exercise. That's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, going along with with uh, when to eat, I've been hearing a lot mm-hmm. of you know, listen to a lot of different podcasts. I'm sure you do too. You listen to a, you, you read a lot of research like I do. And there's a there's something else coming out now. I find it very interesting. You know, there's a big fasting trend happening, which yeah, uh, yeah. We don't, we don't have to dive into that, but what I'd like to know is everybody is either on board with eating breakfast or they just don't do it. And then you have, you know, trainers like myself and other people who say, you know, do eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. You know, if we we're still we're still going with that philosophy. But I've been reading some stuff and seeing some things that, that say it's not necessarily as important to eat breakfast but just to eat something after you get up when you're hungry, whether that's at lunch or is that at, you know, dinner, and then you might have like a late night snack. And, you know, going along with kind of your, uh, the blood sugar scenario, where does that Mm -hmm. fall and what have you heard? Yeah, so I work, I work with a lot of, I mean, diet, diabetes is becoming 
more and more prevalent. About 9% of our population is now diabetic, and that's just the ones that we know. So diabetes is a blood sugar dysregulation problem, um, which a lot, I mean, a lot, obesity and being overweight, it goes hand in hand with um, this chronic blood sugar dysregulation problem. So for anyone who's looking um, in regards to weight loss, controlling hormones, um, controlling mood, stabilizing mood, like it all comes back to this blood sugar regulation. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm so happy that you brought this up and wanted to emphasize it because eating every like three to four hours, um, super, super important. So we think that, you know, when we, when we eat something, our blood sugar kind of rises up. So I'm, right now I'm kind of, imagine you're drawing a wave, right? You want that to be a gradual wave. You don't want it to spike up. If you ate a Snickers, it would spike, and then it would spike back down really low. So what we want, a complex carbohydrate, a little bit of protein and healthy fat. We have that really nice, slow wave up, and then it starts to come back down. So say you eat at 8 a.m., 9, 10, 11, you're getting hungry, so the blood sugar is dropping. All right, noon, you're really starting to get hungry. It's time for lunch. So you eat again, and then that wave starts to slowly rise again with the combination of complex carbohydrates, which means it includes fiber in it, um, protein, so some of the proteins we talked before, um, and then in healthy fats, so something like avocado or olive oil, and that will have that gradual you know, slow curve up. So eating every three to four hours, super important. And, you know, that even if if you're someone who consistently goes to bed at, you know, 1 a.m., but your meal was at 5, your dinner was at 5 p.m., um, there's no hard and fast rule that says you can't eat after 8 o'clock at night. I mean, sleep is a whole nother conversation. And so you definitely shouldn't be going right. to bed at 1, one o'clock. But, you know, I do have people that that's something they're not ready to change. So I say, well, we need to have, you know, a scheduled snack because same thing, that blood sugar regulation. We need to be eating every every four hours, every three to four hours. So, yeah, super important for all those things I mentioned, weight loss, um, preventing, like, any blood sugar dysregulation problems like prediabetes, uh, hormone stabilization, mood stabilization. So, and we all know what hangry feels like, right? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think my, my client can attest to there's two types of uh, two types of Eric. There's, there's Eric, well, three types. There's Eric that has had coffee, uh, one who hasn't had coffee, <laughs> and there's hangry. So, so, yeah, I think everybody can attest to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, if that's, you know, that's usually one of the first things that I start on. Like I, I ask someone for... You know, what have we eaten in the past the past day? Um, and then I ask them, what time? What time did you wake up? And it kind of catches them off guard, right? So sometimes, you know, just writing out what you're eating and realizing what time you're eating things at um, can just be a helpful start if you're looking for what what's something that I can do and start making changes with today. Just start tracking. Yeah, it's the best thing that you can start doing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that brings me uh, – you're really good at, at – Segwaying, by the way, <laughs> brings me to my my next question. Um, when you're telling people how to set how to set themselves up for success, and um, what are some things that you can tell people in terms of goal setting? How can they get started with goal setting their nutrition? And uh, you know, maybe let's let's say that you, that a person has never tracked 
a meal before and they're just getting started, where is your starting point? Mm. Yeah, so goal setting, um, there, there's kind of a lot of, there's several steps, right? We first have to talk about, well, well, what do you want and why do you want it? So that that can be a whole conversation in itself. Um, but really understanding, like, what is your long-term goal? Like, what what are your expectations? Um, and maybe, you know, making that a realistic expectation. And then setting, you know, a few small goals so that if there's a long-term goal in a year or something that you want to achieve further down the line, what what can we start doing to break it down and seem a little bit more attainable, a little bit more um, focused, right? So I'll usually suggest, you know, write down one to three things that you want in the long term, and then from there we kind of work together. Okay, like what, where can we start today to break that down into several smaller goals? So something that someone could start, you know, today is um, – I'll go for a good, I'll just, I like giving examples. Um, weight loss is definitely a, a, a big thing that I work with a, a lot of my clients right now. Um, so I'm just going to refer to, it's the um, Adult Weight Management Registry, control, control of Adult Weight Management Registry. And they have this ongoing database that says, what are these people doing right? It's just people um, who have lost at least 30 pounds or more and who have kept it off for at least two years or more. And they say, well, what are these people doing? They're clearly doing something right. So I, I kind of model what I recommend to start doing off of this. And a couple things um, are, number one, meal tracking. So these people are meal tracking. They're writing down what they eat, whether it be in a journal or notepad on their phone or app. And there's tons of phone applications that you can start using. Um, My Fitness Pal is one. It's got a massive database. But if you're the type of person that gets anxiety over seeing, like, a number blinking red because it's over the calories, like, that's not going to be the app for you. Like, there's tons of meal tracking applications out there. Um, And so that's the other thing. I'm trying to understand, you know, what's your personality type because maybe tracking calories isn't the, the right way to go. It might be more so, you know, my goal is going to be um, trying to get two fruits and three vegetables a day or trying to get a protein at every meal, right? So then we, we'll, we'll focus on maybe meal tracking is the goal to continue meal tracking so we can identify, you know, those gaps or those, those times that we're, you know, not eating every three to four hours. Or where is there, you know, where could there be an opportunity to maybe plug in a fruit or a vegetable or a protein or one of those, you know, food group areas we're struggling with. Um, but, but meal tracking is step one. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, is talking, talking to someone, having some sort of accountability. Um, that was another thing that this uh, uh, weight management registry had found to was consistent, um, having some form of accountability system. So whether that's a dietitian, whether that's your trainer, whether that's a group, like accountability is really important. There's a couple other things that they talk about, but um, the meal tracking is one. Um, some other things I usually give, and this is, uh, if you end up having a consult with me, this is one of the big things in addition to eating every three to four hours is meal pairing. So that might be another goal that we might set. Um, I might say, okay, you're doing really great with eating every few hours. Um, now let's see how we can have a protein and a fiber-rich food 
which also refers to a complex carbohydrate or a fruit, vegetable, or whole grain, all means the same thing, a protein and a fiber-rich food at every meal. So, you know, there's a couple different ways that we can look at the, you know, goal-setting strategies, but identifying, you know, what are what's your long-term goal, what are your smaller goals, and where can we start to, you know, make improvements, whether it's every three to four hours that you're eating or if it's, you know, making sure that you're having something to eat before or after your workout. Um, what does your you know, color of the rainbow scheme look like? It, it will look like, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to get in another color, um, a, a different type or variety of fruit or vegetable um, into your meal plan. So it, it, it really kind of depends, but I think that, you know, for someone looking to start today, have some sort, form of accountability and start meal tracking. It's like a really easy place to start. Um, and then with that information, you can go to your, you know, the, a dietitian or you can go to a trainer and say, well, this is what I'm doing, right? And then we can help you from there. So it's usually right. one of the first yeah. places that I start. Yeah, totally prepared. How The meal tracking, how many days would you suggest someone uh, track their meals before they meet with a dietitian? Or how do you have people start? How many days? Yeah, so... So I I typically ask someone for a minimum of three days and to have at least at least one weekday and one weekend day because those are going to look very different. Um, but if if someone reaches out to me a little bit further out, like maybe a week or two, I'll say you know what, start today. Start today just meal tracking. You don't need to do anything differently, but just start meal tracking. And in those two weeks, th- those people who just start meal tracking unconsciously are eating better because they're just, they're more, sorry, they're they're consciously eating better because they are making those choices to say, all right, well, do I want to write this down or not without even speaking to me? So uh-huh. it's a really good opportunity um, to kind of start making subtle changes, just, just identifying, like, what does my diet look like right now? I can't tell you how often, Eric, you know, for someone um, at the outpatient clinic I work at, uh, they'll come in, and I haven't spoken to them yet, right? So I say, all right, we're going to go through what, what you had to, yesterday, right, what you had to eat yesterday. And nine times out of ten, they forget what they ate. They don't even know what they ate. And second second point being is that um, every single person says, well, yesterday wasn't a good day. doesn't matter what day of the week no. I see them on. <laughs> So, uh, so it's just, it's, it's pretty interesting to see, you know, if it catches you off guard, you know, how are we doing, you know, just, just kind of checking in with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to tell people, and this is for, for training also, because, you know, I mean, they, they kind of go hand, obviously they go hand in hand. When you're, when you're looking at goals, obviously, and I think you kind of hit on this, is you have a big picture. I want to lose X amount of body fat or, I want to be able to, you know, you name it, move better, feel better, look better. And I think people get really overwhelmed with this big sense of it's going to take me, you know, a year and a half or maybe a year to reach my goal. But in Mm -hmm. reality, you think about so many different little goals and successes that you hit every single day in -hmm. terms of, all right, when I wake up in the morning, well, heck, when I go to bed at night, did I just say heck? Oh, heck. Oh, heck. When I go to bed at night, I'm going to try to get eight hours of sleep. All right. So 
like maybe you didn't sleep great, but you went to bed at 11 and you you tried to get up at 7 o'clock. Maybe you woke up a few times. Hey, you know what? That's step number one. Your step number two for the day is to just have breakfast. Boom. Mm-hmm. God, you got two minutes in for the day. Your next day is to have your second meal. All right? And that's what you're working towards day to day. It's not or moment to moment. It's not necessarily one big picture at one big time. It's a lot of small pictures at small times. And, mm-hmm. and eventually, if you – and it's tough. It's not easy at all. It's never easy. But as soon as you – you start to get into that rhythm, and it may take you a while, then every day, you know, you start to, to overcome little tasks, and they become your, eventually they become your big thing, and and before you know it, you've you've conquered your, you know, ability to, you know, get increase your lean muscle mass, reduce body fat, whatever your goal is, it just, it happens, but it's going to take determination over time. Yeah, and it takes practice. Like, and this is a process, right? It's a process that is, um, it's going to change and evolve. It's going to take time. There's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be successes, and there's also going to be, you know, a step forward and sometimes a step back. But with the step back, we also learn from, you know, well, what happened or how could we, you know, approach that differently. Um, so, we have to always view it as, wow, this is a great opportunity to learn yeah. and listen to our body and understand, like, how we can, you know, go through any, I mean, with any, with any life change, there's challenge, right? Um, right. so kind of working through that and breaking it down to much, 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 very, very small, 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 small goals so that we can focus on those really small positive changes and then you know a couple months down the line it's like wow i'm I, i've totally changed the way that i think and and view and um you know consume my food my nutrition or go to the gym whatever that is so it's, right. it's, it's, it's pretty I, exciting I, yeah it is exciting and i i think if you know i'll, I'll stop beating the dead horse but the the moment that people realize because I think sometimes when people, when you, when, you know, the professional, you congratulate somebody on reaching uh, a milestone or, or something that is a, a quote, a quote, in quote, small goal, something that you've been reaching for, and you congratulate them, like, oh, well, you know, it's only been one day. Yeah, one day that you're starting a new goal, one day that you're starting a new lifestyle, one day, everybody starts with one day, and it's, it's you know, that one day is probably the most important out of any other time during your journey in in uh, fitness, health, you know, you name it. So uh, something to take away, people, is just because you, you set a small goal and you hit it, be happy. Celebrate that small goal. Remember it. Mark it down on your calendar. And then in six months, you'll look back and say, that's the date that I reached that goal, and that goal got me here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I... It's it's so important because I so many people get kind of down and says, well, I know, but this person's doing that. You know, don't compare yourself to somebody else. It's not their journey. You're on a totally separate journey. Just put your head down and and go. And um, I think you you said that, and I said that in so many ways. So um, you know, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. But uh, no, yeah, that's that. Eric, that's actually something that I I do. Um, currently with my weight management classes that I'm teaching right now. Um, but I, t- I tell people or anyone that I work with, 
keep a journal and log your successes, like week one, week two, week three. What was my success from the week? And it could be totally not related to your goal. It could just be the fact that, you know what, I uh, I could move a little bit better in my office chair at work. You know, it could be it could be anything. Um, just noticing something that ha- that you've noticed that week. So you can just, you know, it's kind of like counting your blessings or whatever you want to call it, but noticing and tracking your successes each week can be so motivating. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, I think you pretty much put the nail in the coffin right there. So, <laughs> Chris, I think we, we hammered home a lot of really good points. And um, as far as I'm concerned, all of my clients better have six-pack ads when they walk in the door tomorrow. So <laughs> if they don't, then... You're fired. <laughs> um, oh no, but I really, I appreciate I appreciate the time and uh, all the information that you put forward, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show if you can. And whenever you get back in town from your trip, let's uh, sync up a workout. Yeah, sounds excellent. And if anyone else is uh, looking just to um, reach out with me, I'll should I just like give them like my. Uh, Social media, yeah, is that all right? Yeah. All right, oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm I'm on Instagram and Twitter, so you can reach me. It's just my name. It's nothing special. I wish it was. Um, it's just Chris, K-R-I-S-T, DeAngelis, D-E-A-N-G-E-L-I-S. So a little bit long there, but it's just my name. Um, and then my all my contact info is there. I have a website. So if you're just looking for um, even just recipes or anything like that, just head over to my site, and I have a bunch of uh, – healthy recipes that might uh, might just help you, you know, start to make some of those, those small changes in in your diet. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'll link all of that uh, when, I, when I post this episode probably uh, tomorrow afternoon. So anybody who is interested in more information, reach out to Kristen and, um, and get a hold of her. So, well, hey, have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric, and look forward to seeing you soon.